Love burgers and pizza. Wanna see me eat some? Can't get enough of that meat. Yum. Chili cheese fries and some Mr. Pib. I need tacos with a nasty dip. Pico de gallo, mayo or dryo. Hot sauce or barbecue straight from Ohio. Homemade coleslaw, fuck Boston Market. Junky blue cheese range into five star bread. Only one time was in pita. Mozzarella pita. at the beginning. What? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bring a Plate. I'm Peter Ann Kennelly. And this is Rebecca Shaw. Rebecca. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Um, I'm, I'm still feeling a bit rough. What? Yeah. I'm enjoying a, a sweet can of mother. <laughs> Except you've put it into a glass like some like fancy a lady. lady. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've got a V. Mummy's enjoying her mother. <laughs> mother. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> mother's milk. Please do not do that to our listeners. I have a guy at work me. who comes in and he does this all the time. He'll like every time when he walks past me, he'll who do this. Oh, I hate that. How have you not murdered him yet? Haven't I? <laughs> he used to do that. Yeah. Rebecca Shaw, yes. we're here outside the Logies, red carpet. It's the first time that we've been to the Logies. Mm. I'm really, really excited. It's Australia's Night of Nights. Yeah, we should explain if we have any overseas listeners, yeah. which I, we have at least one or two. No. Um, they're like the Emmys. Oh, they're not like the Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> no. Technically, you know what they're like. They're like um. So say you're in like a small, like say you're from the US. This is for US listeners. If you come from like a small regional city, they're like if your chamber of commerce puts on an awards <laughs> night, and <laughs> and it's like best trolley boy, <laughs> except it's for television. <laughs> Between that and the Emmys. <laughs> Somewhere between that and the because Emmys. Because it's only voted on, they call the TV Week Logies. TV Week is a magazine that still exists. Well, or- I was just listening to Michelle Laurie's podcast this morning. Adam Richard did say that the only people who, like who still buys TV Week? Yeah. Like you used to have to buy it to get to the vote. TV guide. No, just to get oh, to the yeah, TV yeah. guide. But nowadays, like why, what, what would you? Just use the internet. My sister used to have by the way, this is really embarrassing. She used to collect TV weeks. Oh. She also um, wrote a her own soap opera, by the way, and I wish I could remember what it was called. It was like Deception Bay, but that's a real place. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be a great name for a soap, though. <laughs> it would. And she, yeah, she, she had a huge – and she didn't throw them out until she was like – she might still have them. I think she was in her <laughs> mid-20s and she had just like a pile from floor to ceiling of TV weeks that Whoa. she could go back and reference. For what? See what was on in the 1984 oh, just in case. Channel 7 at 6 o'clock. What if she woke up at 2 a.m. need to see Bo Brady's face? <laughs> what if she – do you think she's keeping them to make her wedding dress? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so it's it's basically just all like soap stars and people middle-aged women like. Mm, Scott Cam. I think yeah. he's tipped to win the Gold Logie this year. Um, Scotty Cam. I love Scott Cam because he's one of these people who pretends to be a real knockabout bloke, but he lives in the biggest mansion you've yeah. ever seen in your entire life. But it's a mansion. Yeah. A real mansion. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mansion. Manchettian. Manchettian. And they always have one international guest. Do you know who it is this year? I don't know. Well, I know that Sam Smith pulled out, which is something his lovers have never said. 
Um, Terrible. So now they have. God, it's probably Jesse J. Let's face it. Yeah, that's that true. that famous bisexual that isn't anymore. I know. I was really sad that she did that because I liked her. What she? You don't like straight women? <laughs> okay. Remember I, when they brought out Matt LeBlanc? I was about to say. Oh. My, I was about to say my favorite year was Matt LeBlanc. It was awful. A blank. Essentially, if you didn't see it, he basically was like a zombie. He had no idea where what, he was. Why he was or what was happening. Why he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. It was so funny. It's a great night, and it's been a great year for Australian drama. Has it? Oh, absolutely. Um, some of my favourite uh, dramas this year. Um, Brian Brown in the Horse Trials of Jack Mavis. Did you see that on the no. ABC? Oh, it's incredible. Are you what being a- serious or something? Yeah, yeah, no. What oh, okay. about Georgie Parker in King's Cross Non-Emergency 02835600099, which is the real King's Cross <laughs> police station number? <laughs> Can you get that tattooed on me? I did love, I tell you what, there's been some good TV movies too. Yeah. You know, we saw, um, was it Jess Murray in the Carlotta, the Carlotta oh, story yeah, yeah, and, yeah. um, Jay Lagaya in that, um, French Australian co-production biopic, the, uh, Lagaya Sebastian story. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that joke. I'm laughing. It's at- not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> That's that's not a joke. So I'm glad no one laughed. Good. I didn't. It would be bad if someone laughed. Yeah, because it's it a, not a joke. joke. <laughs> am I? When, are, when am I going to be up for a logie? <sighs> what would you? What would you possibly be nominated for a logie for? Best new talent. <laughs> it's me and five it's, men from home and away. I think it's called the Graham Kennedy Award now. Is it? I've always thought the Graham Kennedy Award was if you were gay and he made you get in the back of a, like a, a car boot to drive to his house. Did you ever see that in the telly what? movie? Talking of Bo Brady, Bo yeah. Brady played Graham Kennedy's lover and when oh, Graham was Kennedy secretive. was like, you know, doing it with men. <laughs> <laughs> How long has it been for you? <laughs> This is concerning. When Graham Kennedy was doing whatever men do with other men, (laughs) forgotten. Um, Anyway. No, Bo Brady, he played Graham Kennedy's lover that Graham Kennedy put into his car boot to ferry around. Okay, cool. Glad I explained that. Why didn't he put him into his ferry? What are you talking about? To ferry. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Beck, <laughs> we both watched probably the interview of the year last yes. weekend, or was it the weekend before? It was last, last weekend. weekend yeah. yeah. Um, it was, of course, the Bruce Jenner interview with mm-hmm. Diane Sawyer. Um, I can't remember. Millions, millions of viewers. Yeah, it was um, like a very high rating thing that happened. Fairly extensive, too. I didn't realize it was going to be two hours when I started watching it. <laughs> You strapped in once I you was. I was. I, I, I it thought it was pretty like compelling. It was two no. hours. No, yeah. There I'm was always sure. more stuff ahead, and you know, as I as I said at the time, uh, it wasn't like Bruce Jenner owed us anything, owed us any explanation. Yeah. But when somebody is willing to be as open about that, and, yeah. ab- and often about something that a lot of us don't have any understanding of, of well, course you're going to want to watch. And the thing is, it I I feel like it was important to remember that. Diane Sawyer was doing the interview, like being the voice of all of Middle America who were watching. Like, 
it's easy to get into this mindset where you live in this bubble where you know tra- like trans issues are really yes. like thought about and important when like when an interview like that happens there's so many people watching you have zero idea about anything like, like have never met a trans person or seen a trans person or know anything so it's important to remember that she's kind of like trying to ask questions that Absolutely. And I mean, I, I was very judgmental at the time because, and I, and I still, you know, the interview wasn't perfect by any, any interpretation or any means. She was very focused on the idea that, you know, Bruce was transitioning into a woman and Diane couldn't wrap her her head around how Bruce could possibly still want to be with women. Ah, yeah. Not the best. And yeah, she really did go back to that a lot. And I will say that uh, I was even more disappointed in Diane um, when I found out that it could have been Oprah, that Oprah wanted oh, really? the interview. But I because th- she's on OWN now mm-hmm. and it's a much sort of smaller network than ABC or whatever this was broadcast um, on, that uh, Bruce didn't go with I Oprah. How Oprah probably knows a lot more about it. Well, Oprah... People often, you know, dismiss Oprah and Oprah style of interviewing, but she was really one of the first people I had to get off on the Oprah tangent. But we'll, <laughs> we're staying here for the next forty-five minutes now. <laughs> Oprah, Oprah was one of the first people to really pioneer that whole going into the audience and listening to their stories. Mm. I just thought, you know, I thought it was pretty, like, incredible just to even see that sort of thing on television. Like that hasn't been done before, really. Well, it's. It's a prime time, yeah. and it, and to Diane's credit, it wasn't just focusing on Bruce Jenner. I mean, eighty percent of it was. Yeah. But there was a twenty percent where she talked to medical experts, psychologists, psychiatrists, where she talked to, or, or where she talked about, sorry, about uh, the issue of trans violence. Now, yeah. that's not an issue that has had. <laughs> In my understanding, prime time coverage in the US to that, that many viewers. I thought that was a really important moment because at the end of the day, that's someone who is rich and white. Yeah. And, and a Republican. Republican. So even though it's obviously a very difficult process and all that sort of thing, like it's nothing compared to what trans women of colour go through, that's right. for example. So it was really important that there was sort of a moment where they spoke about that and – went into that sort of thing because it is much different. Diane also set a new precedent for talking to maybe a high-profile trans person. We've seen in the past couple of years, I suppose, a few how not to go about it. You've had um, Katie Couric. Was she interviewing Laverne Uh, Cox? Or was she interviewing that woman from Drag Race? You know, the model. It was... I can't remember her name. There was one Carmen Carrera. Both of them, I think. Um, but she really focused heavily on the surgery side of things mm. and are you going to keep your penis and all this sort of stuff that's that's really not important to yeah. talk about. You also had Piers Morgan who interviewed um, the writer Janet Mock and kept saying, was a boy until 18, formerly a man. and. Oh, yeah. uh, because and what a shock thing, that Piers like, Morgan yeah, <laughs> would no. be so offensive. Because obviously while while this sort of stuff is getting more of a platform, there's going to be people who make mistakes around it. Yeah. But that if you're on a fucking television show, like do your research. It's not that that's your job. Yes. To make sure you're asking appropriate questions. 
Um, there's been a couple of interesting reactions, oh, Rebecca yes. Shaw. Immediately after we saw a tweet from um, Cheers ruining actress Kirstie Alley, <laughs> um, <laughs> Diane Chambers' replacement horror woman. <laughs> Uh, Veronica's, no one cares about Veronica, Jesus as much as you. Veronica's closet should have stayed in the closet of Veronica. No. Um, she tweeted, trying to find a place for myself, Mr. World that has mistaken bravery for insanity. Mandela was brave, really pushing the boat out on that yeah. one. The rest of this shit is absurd. Now, people, this was like, you know, a couple of hours after the Jenner interview when everybody on Twitter almost was talking yeah. about Bruce Jenner. Um, people obviously piled on and said, no longer a fan of you. I don't know who those people were. <laughs> we're still fans. Um, but she went, no, no, no. Oh, I know Bruce Jenner. That was nothing about him. That was about something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kirsty. Um but also, I was thinking, wasn't she on Oprah and stuff about her weight a bunch of times? Yeah. And I'm positive that the word brave would have been bandied. Like, didn't she <laughs> yeah. do a thing where she was in, like, a swimsuit? Yeah. And she came out, like... Yes, correct. That, yeah, okay. I've decided that she's as brave as Mandela. Remember when Mandela went on Oprah in his swimsuit? <laughs> so brave. Just, um, yeah, calm down. You've also had Alice Eve, who's an actress I'd never heard of before. Me either, because we don't watch Star Trek. She was in Star Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> Something like that. Game of Thrones, probably. She was Carando Dalvisian in Game of Thrones. <laughs> she basically did a Instagram post of Bruce Jenner under which she wrote, Nope. Uh, if you were a woman, no one would have heard of you because women can't compete in the decathlon. You wouldn't be a hero. You would be a frustrated young athlete who wasn't given a chance. Until women are paid the same as men, then playing at being a woman while retaining the benefits of being a man is unfair. Do you have a vagina? Are you paid less than men? Then, my friend, you are a woman. And here's the thing. This is my favorite thing on the internet is people with their own issues raising them whenever they damn feel like. So it's kind of like the Black Lives Matter hashtag where people go, uh-uh, all lives matter, or what about the children in Africa who are starving? <laughs> this issue, this issue. That's that's kind of a talking point for TERFs, like trans-exclusionary yes. feminists and rad femmes who say, like, that's one of their problems is that there's men, or like so-called men, pretending like saying that they're women but yeah. still having all the benefits that come with being a man like that's one of their big I love that she's points. kind of like you've never struggled and it's like I'm pretty sure if you yeah. are a trans woman who's you know being openly trans later in life yeah. that you've probably known some struggle in your life it'd be fair to say yeah I think uh, I think most trans people have probably doing it just for all the benefits they get yes <laughs> of being trans in the world it's really easy the most surprising thing to me is that a decathlon athlete was famous <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is the who the fuck knows who a decathlon my my biggest issue number who's one, your favorite decathlon <laughs> person you are my <laughs> my big issue number one obviously Kristen bell and her um don't take Photos of celebrities' children. And number two, women in decathlon. The most important, the two most important issues. Shut up, Bruce Jenner. These issues are important. 
You've also had people hijacking it for their own sort of financial gain. So Diane von Furstenberg, um, she's a fashion designer, famously designed the wrap dress, which is a very flattering form of dress, as is my understanding from watching two episodes of Sex and the City eight years ago. And what is it with Diane's? P.S. Diane Keaton has not raised the gender issue at all, but she has posted a photo of herself on Twitter hugging a tree. <laughs> so I recommend you go and look that up. It's like, and the, um, I was just thinking about the documentary, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane this morning. <laughs> What's so that check documentary? That oh, it's really good. What's it about? It's terrible, but, um, it's this lady who, um, causes huge car crash. <laughs> Um, and killed a lot of people and oh, then they- Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really, um, sad, but it's good. You should watch it. Okay. Um, Diane von Furstenberg posted a photo, um, of a, of a model in her, wearing her wrap dress. Right. And, um, then she photoshopped Bruce Jenner's face onto the model. What? Why? And the, and the bad thing is, like, the comment underneath- The was, bad thing. Tell me what the bad thing is. <laughs> It would have been better if it was all cruel. But the bad thing is that she posted this really lovely comment underneath, really supportive of Bruce Jenner. And then there's just this kind of really weird, tacky, you know, pushing her own dress, photoshopping yeah. someone's face onto a model what, wearing a what dress. What was the point of doing that? I don't understand. Well, she see, she could have just released a statement and said, so happy for you, Bruce Jenner. Yeah. But she decided that she'd, you know... Put a plug-in phone dress. To a bit of Microsoft paint work and... That's the thing. Do you think she did that? Like, she had her computer out doing the old Photoshop? <laughs> I think so. I think she's learning Photoshop <laughs> at the adult learning school. She has a Mac, so she uses GIMP, not <laughs> Photoshop. I, I do love um, this writer called Patty Spangler. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, do you know her? She's a intersex yeah. trans woman and truck driver, and I would love to know more about Patty's story, <laughs> just because I'm fascinated by all truck drivers and the things that happen out there on the road. But um, <laughs> she she wrote in uh, a column for HuffPo Gay, <laughs> which is a horrible-sounding website, by the way. HuffPo Gay. HuffPo Gay. She wrote a really beautiful column um and basically said, as I listened to Bruce tell the story of his childhood, in many respects, I felt like he was telling my story. Bruce was born in October of 1949. I was born in February of 1954. We are both children of the 50s and 60s. We both had the same confusion about our bodies and our genders from a very early age. Neither one of us had resources to bring any kind of clarity to that confusion. And she just basically says that she knows of Bruce's privilege, but at the same time, removing privilege from the conversation, she hopes that the visibility of Bruce in the mainstream media leads to a lot more people feeling comfortable in themselves, feeling comfortable living as a trans woman or a trans man. And that's the underlining importance of it all. It's the same thing as as like homosexual people needed was... The way, the way the world moves forward is by people who wouldn't generally care about that sort of thing know yeah. someone who is trans or is gay. I really loved Kanye's little oh, shout out. How much more in love with I Kanye love are you now? Lots more. Um, but it's true. He's been doing that sort of, like, not with trans issues, but he's, like, called out homophobia and 
that sort of and, stuff. And before. the great thing about Kanye, and we're talking about this for the next forty five minutes now. <laughs> I, I love Kanye because Kanye will have a conversation and a dialogue about learning to accept um, homosexuality and and gay people, and he'll also manage to name drop a lot. <laughs> like he's like, I was never, I was always homophobic, but then I met my best friend Mark Jacobs, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I always hated straight people. And then I met Steve Jacobs, the weatherman from the Today Show. The exciting thing that we're really looking forward to this month, Rebecca, is um, it's not gay Christmas because the Oscars, I think, is gay Christmas. This is like gay, like if there was a gay holiday with like pyrotechnics and fireworks. No, this is like... It's like, it's it's gay Forks Day. Nope. Um... I think it's more like gay Eurovision or just Eurovision. <laughs> I'm so glad I fi- – like, I only just got into it in the last couple of years and yep. I'm so glad I did You found it's it. it's so fun. I think – I wasn't uh, gay enough before. What? Now I am oh, what rid- complete. How ridiculous. By the way, I came in today, I set up my computer. Oh, sorry, we're at the Logies. Um, I <laughs> pre- pre- A previous time, I was at your house and – I sit down and on the table, there's an Annie DeFranco DVD. It's like the worst dressed, like worst set dressing of a lesbian sitcom I've ever... Like he'd come in and he'd be like, this I, is a bit overdone. And I'm like it? looking over your shoulder and there's Sarah Waters books <laughs> just in a row. I just need to tell you, it's Annie DeFranco. Oh. Please, for the love of God, do not insult me in my own home. And there's a DVD and a CD there. Oh, My friend Katrina sent them back to me. I sent them back to you. After I lent them. Okay. So. Look at these great songs on it. What All Is Nice. Kazoo Into It. That's a great album. Kazoo Into It. Reveling Reckoning. It's a good album. Look, you don't understand. Prison. Oh, sorry. The second track on Reckoning is This Box Contains. Look, can I also just say, can I also just say, do not do bisexual erasure because Annie DeFranco is married to a man. So, <laughs> the fact that lesbians like her is... 16 is in here. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to that whole album. I'm not going punishment. to listen to it ever. <laughs> now, the thing about uh, Eurovision 2015 is Australia is competing for the first yeah, time so how, for some reason. What do you think about that? I... And they're actually competing. Like, they can yeah. actually win. Well, they can't, but they could. Yes, they can, can't yeah, they? technically, but they won't. Yeah, they won't, they <laughs> won't win, but they can yeah. win. Um, I... I was surprised by who they picked, Guy Sebastian. If people don't know, he is the um, he won the first year of Australian Idol. Yes. So he's our Kelly Clarkson. Yes. But not. What do you think of Guy's well, Eurovision entry? You sent me a list of songs last night from Eurovision. I did. I'd like to play Guy's first though, because I I do want to know what what people think of it. Um, I'm very patriotic. Yeah. And I think this is very catchy, Rebecca Shaw. I don't mind it actually. I quite like it, but then in it's the catchy. middle it gets it's a very bit catchy. like gets a bit like fifth, like it's a bit generic in the middle. But I don't mind it. He's got a good voice. What's he gonna do? 
Like, because I, I mean, part of the fun of Eurovision isn't just the song. Um, it's mostly remember the last year that the Calm After the Storm song I loved? Like, there was just, they were just Mumford and Daughter on stage and oh, they were yeah. kind of strumming guitars. Oh, it was yeah. really lovely. But that was bad for Eurovision. It was bad for Eurovision, but it was good for music. Yeah. Which isn't the point. But good for Eurovision. You have to have some performative element yeah. on stage. So it's, like is it just going to be up there? Last year, there was a man in a hamster wheel. Yes. That was the best. Uh, <laughs> like some benevolent. So if you're saying if Guy got on a hamster wheel while singing this song, it would be much yeah. better. Um, but you did send me another list of like nine songs, all dudes. Mm. Oh, hey, one, hey, hey, one. There's one which woman. Which was bad. But they're okay. So the thing about this year, I watched all 40 entries that oh I could God. find on YouTube. Most of the songs with women are ballads that sound exactly the same this year. But I did watch them last night while I was quite intoxicated. Great. And so I had some notes. Um, these are the exact notes I took. Denmark Antisocial Media. Yes. Is that the name of the band? That's the name of the band. I think that the name of the band should be whatever the name of the band is in the movie That Thing You Do because yeah, they're performing exactly, the same song. Yeah. Yeah. But I said my notes was Get Fucked Denmark, also your song is shit. Um, I kind of like Belarus. The guy was handsome and there was dramatic violin. My favourite thing about the Belarus e- entry is that there, he's, the guy's singing and the girl, I think, also sings, but she's trapped inside an hourglass yeah, and it's filling up, violin. and it's filling up with sand yeah. while she's playing the violin, which is a Andre Rieu sex dream that he once had. <laughs> Belgium, I said, if I saw that guy in a lesbian club, I would think he was a hot lesbian. No, no, no. Belgium's entry is, uh, Belgium Troy Savan. You know, the, the, no, the, the boyish YouTuber who is now a oh. musician, apparently. Yes, yeah, so a hot lesbian. <laughs> um, I want to play a few more entries for you to listen to. I think the first one I've got is, um, this is one of my most favorites. Um, is pops, uh, is a pop star called, oh, fucking hell. This is the best thing about Eurovision. <laughs> we need Julie Zamir. The pop star's called Trajinti Oosterhuis. Yep. Uh, she had a hit in 1996 with a song called Touch Me There. Oh. So she's a real shrinking violet, that Trinchy. She's, wh- where is this from? The Netherlands. She's the Netherlands, Annie DeFranco. <laughs> <laughs> Trinchy Violence's <laughs> song this box contains. <laughs> Touch Me There. <laughs> Trinchy is a real winner because once she launches into the chorus of her Eurovision entry, it is like, um, the best mum at karaoke. <laughs> okay. Great. And I'd like to play a little bit for you now. I wish you were with roses and sunset. So that's uh, Trinchy. I like the start of it. But yeah. Who approved this Eurovision <laughs> segment for you to just sing every five seconds? No, this is for me because during the songs I've been doing my, my lip syncing, mm. but um, I'm actually getting the words right, so I couldn't be on lip sync battle. So <laughs> The thing about Eurovision is... Um, every year Cosima DeVito enters and we have no idea who she is. Like, she's, she plays someone different every year. <laughs> That's still one of 
That's that's a travesty in Australia's history. I'm sorry, guys. I have to leave because of my nodes. I have to leave. I've got nodes on my throat. Um, my favourite, Rebecca, and I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you that this isn't your favourite, is Israel. He's the Israel Israeli Justin Timberlake. He's amazing. His dancing is good. I'll give him that. Everything is good in this song. And also, just because I'm supporting Israel does not mean I'm supporting them in the conflict. I've just got to put that out there, okay? I support Israel in Eurovision. In Eurovision, okay? Yeah. If Palestine had bothered to enter this year... Play the fucking song. I'm going to go out on this because it is um, a gem. This is... um, Israel's entry for Eurovision 2015. It's probably very sexist, and I'm very, very much into it. Uh, it's a song called Golden Boy. Hi, this is News Minute. I'm Rebecca Shaw. The Book of Mormon is coming to Melbourne in January 2017. If you believe that's a long time to wait, just think of it this way. It's only three or four changes of Prime Minister away. It was announced last night that Kate Middleton has given birth to the second royal baby. She delivered a daughter to the world weighing 8 pounds, 3 ounces. Apparently the baby is a spitting image of her dad, William, if you're just looking at the top of her head. Tallywhackers, an all-male version of the restaurant Hooters, is set to open its first location in Dallas, Texas this month. Finally, a place that combines the good food of Hooters with the great views of scrotums. Complaints about a suburban factory that smells like cat urine are continuing to flood into the Brisbane City Council, despite the company being given an April deadline to fix the problem. Oh well, here's hoping that the Peter Taggart Signature Scent Company can solve the issue soon. Now here's Sport with Peter. Well, Australian tennis star Nick Kyrgios has made the final of the Estoril Open. Hey, that reminds me, can someone please help me get my packet of Estoril Open? Football player Ali Alberts has won hearts across the US after chugging an entire beer in front of fans post-game in Illinois. Nice try, Ali, but Rebecca Shaw can do that and she doesn't even need to play football first. Ahead of the so-called fight of the century with Manny Pacquiao in Las Vegas, boxer Floyd Mayweather has told the media not to describe the bout as good versus evil. I hate to editorialise, but I agree. If anything, it's good versus a man who hit the mother of his child in the face with a car door. It's more like good versus a guy who punched his former partner's two best friends, chased them from a nightclub and then assaulted a female security guard. It's more like good versus someone who broke into his ex-girlfriend's home, told her he would pour acid on her, stomped on her shoulder trying to break her arm, and then threatened his own children with violence if they called the police. It's more like good versus a self-described underdog who has never served more than 100 days behind bars. But it's not good versus evil. Do you know how many people are killed by hyperbole every year? And that's sport. Rebecca, we're back. Still at the Logies. Rebecca. Waiting for Carrie Bickmore. Who is that who's up for gold? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, who's Carrie Bickmore? No, no, I know Carrie. We all know Carrie Bickmore. She used to do the voiceovers for... um. 
Sky Bus in Melbourne. Did she? <laughs> yeah. I, I bet that'd be a good job. It would be a good job. Yeah, I think you're going for job. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd be Here, to give me your audition for Sky Bus. I'm get okay. I'm getting no, on. I I've can't given. Do improv. I've given. No, I've given my ticket. I've handed my ticket. I'm sitting down, and I'm waiting for announcement. What What do the announcers oh, do? Oh, this is your. <laughs> I'm wait. Okay, so I'm sitting down. I put my bag. Yeah, but what up. do the announcers do in Skybus? I tell you about once. Melbourne. Oh, I've only been on the Skybus once. I don't know anything about Melbourne. Enjoy our overrated coffee, even though Sydney's is just as good. Yeah, you. you, you hey, you've got the job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm the Paul F. Tompkins of this podcast. See, that proves it. Rebecca, those crazy and never annoying kids at Get Up um, have launched a new campaign. And it's about the uh, so-called pink tax. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tax on um, Alicia Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Her albums are like 10% dearer. Basically, the pink tax is a... Well, you should explain. You're a woman for all intents and purposes. Well, it's just that women pay more for the same products than men do. Right. Male products. I don't get it. Uh, explain it more. <laughs> <laughs> um Surprisingly, Beck, you might uh, be very surprised. I didn't know that this was an issue. I never look at the price of anything in the supermarket because I am Logan Huntsberger. I just pick something up and I'm like, (laughs) chuck it in the trolley. (laughs) You have a personal shop, one of those calls. Yeah, yeah. So I've never really looked at like. Also, also, I've never looked at uh, women's raises (laughs) or Helen raises. Um, It is a thing. For example, um, there's a shaving cream that I can, that I use to shave my legs. But you can get the exact same thing, exact same ingredients, um, but it's for men and it's cheaper. Really? Yeah. So I get the men's stuff. So you shave your legs with shaving foam that's meant to be put on men's faces? No, it's not meant to be. It's like, Show me your legs. No, my legs, I haven't used oh. them for many years. <laughs> I can't even see months. them between the fucking hair. Um, um, I haven't used them for a long time, but I'm just saying. there saving is Saving money. Yeah, shaving money. Um, <laughs> but it is true, and there's, there's it, but it's not even just on like those sort of products. It's like everything. Deod- like Roland Deodor and I also get men's stuff. Like I generally, I'm, I get a lot of men's things anyway, but, yeah. but yeah, and it's stuff that's like, Literally the same. Like Cole's Kinder Surprise mm. eggs girls are more expensive. Well, that was on... So, GetUp have basically created a Tumblr account. Yeah. Tumblr. Like, honestly, if you're going to create a Tumblr account, you have to put some pornography on there. That's what <laughs> Tumblr's for. No, I don't have any on mine. Um, so, it's just sort of comparing and contrasting. And a lot, of things, a lot of things like it looks like the one, women's one's cheaper, but you find out it's like 100 milliliters less in that bottle than the men's. And it's, you know, yeah. if you were to double it, it would be more expensive. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's really, it's quite shocking and eye-opening um, to me. Um, and it's not just in Australia. It's everywhere in the world. Yeah. And then also stop making things fucking gender specific anyway you fuckheads who needs a pink calculator oh god well this is the thing this is the thing i find a bit weird they're trying to pressure mps to legislate against doing this but i think that would be very very difficult i mean these companies have big lawyers and they're going to be able to argue that you know because basically saying equal products should be equally priced but these lawyers for these companies are going to argue 
successfully that they are not equal products. They really, really will. So I, I don't know if legislating against it is the best solution. I, I do think that if you see these sorts of products, you know, go to the ACCC, use all the other avenues without having to legislate anything. Yeah. I don't know, but it is really it is incredibly frustrating considering like not only are women paid less, but then things cost more for us to buy. It's the problem is it isn't just products where it's like there is something added to it or it's something like it's the, there's examples where it's the exact same thing. Yeah. But it's a different price. Well, the example that I saw, and this is in the UK, but you know, obviously it would happen the world over is, um, people going into, um, get their car fixed and, you know, they did a study and, you know, men and women getting the same car fixed and women pay $200 or something more than yeah. men because I suppose the mechanics don't think that they're going oh, to no, speak up or question the prices. Yeah. It's all so fucked. Like, there's so many different levels to how fucked it is. And I think, and this is another, another issue entirely, really, but... There's one thing that men never have to pay for that there can be no discrimination involved with is uh, sanitary napkins I hate that oh, <laughs> and tampons. Yeah. And as the old saying goes, um, you know, if men could get pregnant, you could get an abortion at an ATM. Yeah. I think if men could get their period, tampons and pads would flow out of the taps like water <laughs> and it would be like a public utility. Well, the thing is, I don't know what it's like in other countries. I'd here the um the GST applies to sanitary products. Are you serious? Yeah. That's a big thing. But it's something that people need. This no, is the thing. Well, that's the thing. The GST if is the goods and services tax. Yes. And so pads and tampons by being um under that tax are classified as a luxury. This is crazy. And condoms are not. There's no way in the world if men could get periods that I swear to God, you'd get them for free. It has to. Yes. It's, it's something people have to have. Well, what do they want us like? Uh, like women should just start not wearing anything and going about their business, <laughs> bleeding all and then over seeing people's how floors. quickly yeah. the fucking tax gets taken off. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it's basically just charging women f- extra for being born women who have periods. And I think that women should get paid to have their period. So every month you get something in your account. <laughs> I think women every should month get- you get a menstrual payment, and it's forty dollars. Or we should get an extra day off a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's just uh, it's so ridiculous, and it's just uh, I just like you can get like condoms cost money, but they don't have the tax, and also you can go to sexual health clinics and stuff. You get free condoms everywhere. Yeah. And it's something that people need to use, but we also fucking need to use pads and tampons. Yes. It's not a, it's not like I'm like, oh, hooray, I get to use pads. Oh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to yeah. open up this packet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to see what little, um, like the pads have the little facts, like oh. on the strip. You know how they Do have you ever like, get like, facts? like seashells or designs, like little Labrador dogs, like on toilet paper? Is that ever a thing? Uh, not on the actual pads, I don't think, oh, but on the packets. But they should do that. Yeah. But they do have a thing that's like, did you know that butterflies have seven like little facts? <laughs> what are you going to say? Like- did you know that butterflies get seven periods a month? <laughs> <laughs> it's not period related. It's just fun facts while you've got your periods. Did you know that mosquitoes, when they get their periods, they die immediately? <laughs> Rebecca, yes. the, the other issue that flows into this, and menstrual flows... <laughs> 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 is um is 
and the gender pay gap, which is obviously, I mean, Ugh. it's always been an issue, I guess, mm. but it's just, it seems like it's been getting a lot more attention well, in the last couple of women, years. It always was an issue, except that women had to quit when they got, quit work when yeah. they got married and rely on their husbands for money, but yeah. What's, what's the uh, percentage less? I know, I know they say 70 cents in a dollar. It's Women at the moment it's at a twenty-year high, which is eighteen point six percent. I see. I saw eighteen point eight percent. Oh well, it's even got even higher. Conflict. Um, well, you're right because you're the man. Yeah, correct. So listen <laughs> to me. If there, you know what, if there's anyone who should be listened to more in feminist debate, it's men. Okay, yes. they are the authority on feminism. Thank you very much. I'm so glad men are reclaiming feminism. Yep, by the way, me too. So we know about uh, the. Gender pay gap, mm-hmm. seventy cents in dollar, eighteen point six percent less than what men make. Um, the other thing is the uh, gay pay gap, which you wrote about earlier this year. So you might be in the best place to yes. explain it. Well, basically, there's been some studies that uh, a new study came out, but it it's kind of been like shown the results are similar in other studies mm-hmm. that um, gay men are paid up to eighteen percent less than their male heterosexual colleagues. Yes. Um, but gay women are paid up to 13% more than female heterosexual colleagues. So does that mean gay women are getting paid more than gay men? Um, yes. Gay men are paid about the level of straight women. Okay. So up the top is straight men, white men. <laughs> yeah. Bottom gay men. And women. And women. Sim- and same. on top of gay men is gay women. Yes. Yeah. It's probably because the reason gay men are discriminated against is because of prejudice. Mm-hmm. So, because you sound and act gay. Yeah. Are you, <laughs> um, <laughs> you speaking specifically <laughs> to staring men? Staring right into your eyes. Um, and they think probably gay women are paid more than straight women because there's because employers might not think they're going to have babies. This or, is crazy to me. I know. Because... If bosses are thinking, so, okay, you and I are both called into the boss's office about our pay. We're working at a pad company coming up with facts for (laughs) the tampons. This is a great idea, by the way, Um, for a sitcom. You and I work at a factory. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, We're brought into the boss's office. The boss says to us, we need to talk about your pay. And they say, Rebecca Shaw... Um, we've decided we're going to pay you more because you're never going to have a baby. But aren't I even less likely to have a baby? I don't even have the equipment to have a baby inside of me. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anyone less likely to have a baby than a gay woman, surely it's a gay man. But that's the problem is that we would be discriminated against for different reasons. You're not being discriminated against. Like women in general are discriminated against because and like they're disadvantaged because they do have children. And that's part of what makes up the pay, the pay difference. Whereas you're, you would be discriminated against because of homophobia. That's right, Rebecca. Off you go, <laughs> love. Thanks for explaining it. <laughs> but really, what it comes down to is that I'm in the, I'm in a good position, mm-hmm. like better than straight women in that one specific thing. Yeah. But I don't want that to be the no. case. I want, I want everyone to be paid as much as straight men are paid. Well, thank God there are some people you know, being really vocal about the gender pay gap particularly. Um, and one of the most vocal is um, Stacey Dash. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> excuse me, Miss Dion. 
Um, yes, Stacey Dion from Clueless, Dion if you from don't, Clueless. if you're not familiar with her. The one in the big hat. Who's a conservative now. Monster. Outspoken. <laughs> um, what does Alicia Silverstone think? Oh, she's too busy, bloody... I don't know. She wouldn't be, you know what? She wouldn't be using menstrual pads. There's no way. She'd be finding a bit of bark and she'd no, be doing no, all that. No, no, she'd be using a moon cup. <laughs> yes, of course. For sure. And she'd be freezing it and she'd be putting in baths and she'd soak in it because <laughs> I'd rehydrate her, her skin. Her skin does look. Yeah. Beautiful. So whatever she's doing with her skin, we should follow it. <laughs> so Stacey Dash has gone on, I think it was only last week. She's gone on on the Meredith Vieira show. I think Meredith Vieira is like a reporter in the she United was States. From, she was originally on the, um, View, wasn't she? And she was on Millionaire as well. She was yeah, the Millionaire the host. She's the American Eddie Maguire. And for some reason, they invited Stacey Dash to come on and talk about the gender pay gap. So. She believe in the pay gap? <laughs> oh, Rebecca, let oh, me read this okay, to you. I would be surprised. The Clueless star. Imagine, uh. imagine if you're still being called the Clueless star 20 years on from that movie. The Clueless <laughs> star says, I feel like it's an excuse Stop making excuses. If there are opportunities, seize them and be prepared for them and be the best if that's what it takes. If you have to be extraordinary, be extraordinary. And Stacey Dash basically went on to say, but look, look, Meredith, you're very successful. You've made it. And Meredith said, I am successful, um, but it took me a long time. By the way, Meredith Vieira is 61. She looks amazing for 61. Not that it matters. It takes a lot of people a long time. For many years, I was not getting paid the same as the guys. And do you think that's because you're a woman? Stacy asked. <laughs> I think that had a lot to do with it, Meredith replied. If you look at the numbers, there's a reason why women get paid 78 cents and men get a buck. Dash says, see, I guess I won't put my fate into anything other than my own action and taking my destiny in my hands. Oh, I will not off. be a victim. Vieira responded, I agree with that. I'm not saying I'm a victim. I'm pissed off. I don't want to be a victim. Dash said, and that's the thing. If you want to be pissed off about it, then be pissed off about it and work harder for it. Uh But I don't think us complaining about it. uh, But I don't think it's us complaining about it because there is a law passed that we get equal pay. And Vieira says, except we don't. We don't, we don't, we don't, which kind of shut down the debate. And she's like, oh, yeah, we don't. That's what the whole conversation oh is about. Um, that infuriates me because it's not like it's it's people taking like personal like examples and being like, oh, well, I, yeah, this is my I can work hard, therefore. But the, the even more infuriating is that women of color are far less on parity than white women even. That's what the whole thing with – um. Patricia Arquette's backlash after her Oscar thing because I think it's um, 64 cents that black women earn to women's 78 cents and 54% or something, 54 cents for Hispanic and Latina women. Funny you should mention that, Rebecca, because after the interview, Stacey hopped on Twitter. Oh, good, good. um, I think her name is like the real Stacey Dash as if there are lots of, you know, people pretending to be And even then I'm like, most people are like who? Yeah, the real what? Um, she got on to say, "I am so proud that my friend in capitals Meredith Vieira and I have sparked an honest in capitals debate, not in capitals just a grandstanding Oscar speech." Mm. Now, I really, really believe that Stacey can say whatever she wants in her Oscar speech. You know. <laughs> 
When she gets her Oscar speech. Yeah, she can say whatever she likes. In fact, she might even bring them to school, which she often does on Twitter. She uses a hashtag, the most important hashtag on Twitter, uh, hashtag dash class, where she says things like, the 72-77% statistic about women men pay is highly misleading. Here are the facts. Hashtag dash, dash class. Census data from 2008 show... That single, childless women in their 20s now earn 8% more on average than their male counterparts. What about women who aren't in their 20s? And also that's probably bullshit anyway. Um, well, she does often link to this website and the bare minimum of research is what I do for this show. The bare <laughs> minimum of research will show you that the website she constantly links to is a conservative think tank yeah. who might have an agenda, just throwing no, it out there. of course not. But the pay gap thing is a big – because I do a lot of the reading of the Women Against Feminism Facebook oh, and yes. Tumblr. Yes. And that's a big one is that it's this sense – and it's always like white middle-class Americans who are like – women who are like, the pay gap is a myth, just work hard. And I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter if you work as hard as you can and work five jobs. Like the the facts are the facts. It's, it's The not- pay gap is a myth. My husband barely says anything about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you read that one um, the other day about the tall people? Tall people get paid more. Yes. Disgusting. Tall people get paid more and it's usually men because they're usually tall. Um, But take solace, Rebecca, in the fact that tall men die a lot younger. Yeah. I do take solace in that. The men die younger in general. Rebecca is filling her mouth with nuts right now. How are they? How are they? How are they for the first time? Nuts. Yeah. Salty. You've got a mouth. They are, aren't they? <laughs> Beck, you made me watch something. I didn't make you I, watch you nothing. You did. No, I didn't. I've I'd never seen it before. And it was on Netflix. It wasn't on Netflix for me. Oh, wasn't it? I have. I might have a different Netflix to you. <laughs> That's weird. It was a. Film that I had avoided. <laughs> I, I did. I did hear it mentioned. On uh, I was rewatching Hot Fuzz the other day, the great Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright movie, yeah, yeah. where um, Nick Frost says to Simon Pegg, "You ain't never seen Bad Boys too." <laughs> um, and this is not Bad Boys too, um, but we should do Bad Boys too. Actually, never, but not on the podcast. Um, it's bad boys. It's bad boys. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was a long way to get there. It's from um, nineteen ninety five. So I was in you one. Shut up. This was prime me. Pretending, prime me. But just let me finish my sentence. The prime years of me pretending to like boys, and Will Smith was one of my go-to. Really, yes. Will Smith and Scott Wolf. Did your parents not understand? Not understand what that you liked Will Smith. Because parents famously just don't understand. Oh, I get it. I get it. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> You're really convincing. 
<laughs> I get it. That's a good one. Well, I, I thought that this would be a film about me because I saw the title Bad Boys and I thought, this is a biopic about me, my gang in primary school, me, Ben Brimblecombe, Daniel Dries, Stephen Pickersgill, where, Pickersgill. <laughs> we're all bad boys. I had a cap with a, uh, the cartoon of Cartman vomiting all over the rim. That's right. Oh, got, it in a bad a, got it in a show bag. <laughs> what a true bad boy. I was a true bad boy. It's directed by our favourite director. Second movie of his that's been on the podcast now, Michael Bay. It is my favourite Michael Bay movie. Really? What else has he made that I... Armageddon? No. I think Armageddon's a better film no than way. this. Yes. No. Um, Michael Bay, by the way, I was reading up about him on um, Wikipedia... And he claims that he made a Super 8 film when he was a little boy um, where he attached firecrackers to a train set and watched it blow up and the fire department was called. I'm calling bullshit on that story. That never happened. Well, you have to go back and you have to go into the microfiche into the (laughs) (laughs) fire department call-out section in the local newspapers. It's a lie story. He also says that um, when people criticise his movies, he's famously said... I make movies for teen boys. What a crime. My favourite fact about Michael Bay in this film is a plot point of the film is that um, Will Smith's character drives a very fast, fancy Porsche. He's a trust fund kid. Yeah, it's like a douchey kind of car. Yeah. My favourite fact is that that was Michael Bay's real car. <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> it was. That he lent to the production. Okay, so... I loved this movie. Uh, like said, not, even the second, even no, this time no, no, when you're no, an no. adult, you loved it when you were a kid. I loved it when I was little, and I still enjoyed it. I think Will Smith is very charming, and I think <laughs> you did find him charming. So boring. And Martin Lawrence, I think, is pretty funny in it. Taylorini is very beautiful. She is not as beautiful as Holland Taylor. Sorry, go on. Who's that? Her co-star in The Naked Truth, that old woman. <laughs> oh, God. Very deep cut there. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, basically, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are cops. Buddy cop. It's a buddy cop buddy comedy cop action. Movie. Um, and he, Martin Lawrence has got a wife and children. Beautiful wife. And he hates his life. <laughs> He's like, life. she won't fuck me. Yeah, it's all about his dick. One of the first scenes in this film is him waking up next to his beautiful wife. Yeah. Um, and what does she say to him? She says something to him like, um, did you have some nice dreams? And he, he up lifts up his blanket to show her his erection. Yeah. And then literally like 30 seconds later, all his kids rush in and jump on him. <laughs> That's which my reaction would be, hey, hey, wait, wait, <laughs> whatever you're doing, please don't come near me. <laughs> Why do they have a lock on their door? But he hates, you're right, he hates his life. Yeah. Whereas Will Smith is like a party boy, sleeps with sex workers, has a beautiful apartment. Is very handsome. Is very handsome. Really ridiculous body that's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. I really like him. I think he's very charming. They were both Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, though, on sitcoms at the time they were filming this. So Martin was on Martin. Yeah. <laughs> How'd they come up with that? And Will was still on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Really? Yes. So they play cops and they're narcotics cops and a mm. huge um, – they made a huge bust of heroin and yep. then the bad guys, um, they're, I don't know what 
what the main guy's like Russian or yeah, whatever. It's, it's, bad it's bad the guy classic, generic die yeah. hard thing. You have an accent, you're evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is like real life. Yeah. They go into the locker at the police lockup and the heroine is missing. Yeah. Just like in all nineties action blockbusters, the heroine is missing. Yeah. Double double play on <sighs> words. <laughs> My thing why do they always have security guards that are old and full of Yeah, they're always just like movie. fat and they're just <laughs> like they're so fat they can barely keep their eyes open. Even the um like the security guard at the ABC building at South Bank is like awake. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have fucking drugs in there. <laughs> they don't have a hundred pounds of heroin. Richard Feidler's heroin stash <laughs> that he keeps in his locker. Uh, <laughs> it's a very good show, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um and one of the bad guys keeps a packet of the drugs secretly. Oh, does he? Is that why he gets shot? Yes. Oh, did you not see that? No, you I were was asleep. so. I did fall asleep. That was in this the first movie. five minutes of the no, movie. No, I fell asleep an hour into it. And woke um, so up one of the, the bad end. guys um, steals a packet, and then he invites who turns out to be Will Smith's friend, this sex worker named Max, who is oh stunning. stunning. Like I s- and in. <laughs> It's true. It is. She's it, very beautiful. He first goes to talk to her in a gym and she's dressed like a lesbian, like Rihanna. Boxer, yeah. And she's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, I remember she gets murdered in five yes. minutes. God damn it. Um, so, is she trying to – when she gets murdered, is she doing some undercover work for Will or something? Or Yeah. Well, she, he's told her to keep an eye out for anyone who might be like wanting to party a lot or have a lot of access to yeah. drugs, whatever. So, Will so. knows that she's a sex worker. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, she takes Taylioni along because that's her roommate. Who's her roommate. Her. A, um, a out-of-work photographer. So, we're here. How can you be – yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what are you saying? How can how can I people know, be out of work photographers? There are plenty. No, I know, but I just mean I don't know. This was the like, days before Instagram accounts. Get a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she goes along, and then the bad guys come and they kill Max. They kill her for no reason because she's just there to make an example of her, maybe to intimidate this. Guy I do like in that scene they um shoot her through a pillow to mm. make sure it's quiet and then proceed to shoot up the entire hotel and <laughs> yes. run through it. During oh, yeah. the shootout, by the way, Taylor only uh, witnesses it. Yes. Witnesses her roommate getting shot and manages to escape by jumping off a balcony into a pool, yeah. which from like eight or ten stories yeah, up, it's, pretty it's a really up. big... And she just lands in the pool and she still looks amazing and <laughs> she doesn't hit the bottom miraculously and... And they don't just, like, shoot her while yeah, she's trying yeah. to struggle out of They're the pool. They're like, oh, well, we can't, bullets can't go through water. <laughs> We're not idiots. All the way through this movie, by the way, um, every scene almost is transitioned by um, silhouetted shots of palm trees and guitar riff that's like... Bow, now, bow, now, bow, now. I do like how it's shot. It's got, like... Oh, I hate I how it's it. shot. Every shot is either completely blue or completely orange. orange. Yeah. It's Awful. I like the orange when they're driving oh, in the car. I think it was no. nostalgia. Like, I felt okay. like I remember this. Oh, it's the most 90s thing about this movie. Is Michael Imperioli? No. Who is the most handsome Who's person that? in this movie? Michael Imperioli. Is one of the good Isn't he cousin parts? Christopher in Sopranos? I haven't watched the Sopranos. No, the most. How is the most 90s not the internal affairs woman? 
Oh, yes. That throughout the whole movie comes in with like 90s business suit, She's got power this realness, the huge hair. fringe that sort of, how would you describe it? It kind of like, it's like a fountain on the middle yeah, of her forehead that sort of comes down perfectly. And she wears like blue shoulder padded business suit. And it's she's, amazing. she's like 90s Catherine Hepburn. Like she wanders in and she's like, what have we got going on here, boys? <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone dressed as her on Drag Race for like a challenge. <laughs> We have, like, the real... We know who the bad guys are. But the police and the bad guys uh, talk exactly the same way about women. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is, she's a bitch, you're driving like a dumb bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually was expecting much more homophobia. Oh, this there's still... I'd a say I'd bit. say still Michael Bay has reached his quota. Yeah, it's Michael Bay homophobia quota's been reached, <laughs> but I thought for the 90s it wasn't that bad. I suppose one of the main points in this movie is Martin Lawrence um, has to look after Tay Leone. Yeah. Um, she demands that she talks to Will Smith's character. Because her re- Max, who gets killed, said there's the only person she yeah. should trust. Um, the cell phones don't exist yet. Yeah, so. and he's not there, so Martin Lawrence has to pretend to be Will Smith. Yeah. He goes to see Tay Leone in her apartment, pretending to be Will Smith. Her apartment is where she is staying, hiding from the uh, the villains, the thieves, yeah. heroin smugglers. Um, it is completely blue. I've never seen anything bluer. <laughs> I, I think what that's the safest place that she could actually be. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> choosing to ignore that. I think that's the safest place she could be because if there's anywhere people can't shoot up heroin, it's inside a blue <laughs> apartment. But uh, basically, Martin has to bring her into, not police custody, but he's he's trying to find a safer place for yeah. her because the thieves do manage to find her in that apartment. Yeah. Uh, he drags her to Will's apartment, pretending to be Will. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into Will's apartment. She's staying there. And she thinks that Martin Lawrence is gay because there's all these pictures of Will Smith around his yeah. apartment. So... In Will Smith's trust fund apartment, he has pictures of his face in many, many frames around the house. We're supposed to think it's like, oh, she's nearly caught him because Will Smith, for some reason, would have like a hundred framed photos of himself. And not like his family or anything. Just like himself. himself Him standing next to a palm tree. Yeah. A really, like a Will Smith's old headshot. Yeah. It's so weird. It's bizarre. Um, He doesn't react well to being called gay. He doesn't like it. But I did think it was funny. Like he walks out and she's like, it's okay to be homosexual. And he's like walking out and he's like, if I... If I was, I'd change the drapes on this motherfucker. When when Will finds out that uh, Martin is keeping um, Tay Leone in his apartment, Will freaks the fuck out because Tay Leone is staying there with her two beautiful dogs. Yeah. And Will says, how can you keep those dogs and some hooker in my apartment? This is... Two scenes ago, he was grieving for yes. the so-called hooker that he was in love with that has just died, That's who I'm sure had been to his apartment. I wrote down that that um, the flip was so weird because during that whole first bit with Max, I was like, oh, this movie is actually really respectful of like sex workers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's like, how can you keep a fucking whore in my apartment? I'm like, wait a second. And she's not a whore. No. She's a photographer. <laughs> there's a difference, okay? <laughs> I don't know. And there's like a big... Lots of shooting and stuff. It is gets. It's a too long. Oh, it's Cut too this, long. The middle part. It gets. There's very... all this tension where 
you know, Martin Lawrence hasn't had sex with his wife for ages and his wife calls up and she's like, I'm wearing some red teddy and you need to come home. And he's like, I can't. And, oh, my God, who cares? Men are so sex deprived. Women never want to have sex. Taylor only because she knows that um, Will Smith is meant to be like this sex god or whatever. So she – they have a big shoot-up at um, a club and then there's a big car chase and – because she – this, then, is, this, by the way, is the point that I fell asleep after DMing you about my Twitter crush and then I oh, yeah. immediately <laughs> fell asleep. Um, but she gets really horny <laughs> after that. Okay. Yeah. I remember when she's like on the bed and she's trying to seduce Martin Lawrence a little bit. This is absolutely like, when I was asleep. Yeah. So yeah. she's like, but it's because they have a big shootout and she must be like really turned on <laughs> by death. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think Taylor only figures it out like – Yeah. Pretty much straight away that he's not who he, who he says, says he is. And he's it's a really weird – it's like when they find out, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, no tension. There's really. no build-up. Um, there's a huge shootout at the end in like an – what is it? An aircraft hangar or something? Yeah. This is the worst movie. It's the worst movie, movie we've re- ever no, done. This is the worst movie we've ever talked about because yeah. you didn't fucking – It's so it. boring. <laughs> at the very end – the, um, there's a scene where they like tell each other that they love each other. Yes. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Yeah. Um, this says, according to Michael Bay on the DVD commentary, he had a fight with Will Smith over the ending. Three days before they shot it, Will agreed that he would say, I love you to Martin Lawrence. The day they were to shoot the ending, Will changed his mind and didn't want to say it. What? They fought with Will for over a couple of hours about why he should say it. By the end of the fight, in complete frustration, Michael told Will that he didn't care anymore because he only had about 15 minutes to shoot the ending by the time or he didn't have an ending at all. When the scene was shot, Will finally says, I love you to Martin. The shot appears in the final cut. But why? Why is does he want to say I love gay? you? It is gay. Well, For there's him. always been those rumours about Will Smith. Uh, Persistent rumours. Started so by me in 1994 when I was but five years old. <laughs> two, Bad Boys 2 came out in 2003. So it's a huge break between the two. We have to watch it. It's because no, I'm not fucking. Well, I'm, watch, watch I'm not watching I'm this watch ever. It. We should have done Sister Act. Sister Act is good. So what would we say about it? It's good. I'd sing a lot of Lauren Hill songs. Well, then that's what. No, it's Sister Act two, dickhead. Meanwhile, Sister Act two. I'm going to look it up right now because it is the biggest travesty. It's got a terrible Rotten Tomatoes rating. Yes, on Rotten Tomatoes, it is on seven <laughs> percent. Bad Boys is 43% this and Sister Act 2 is 7%. This Isn't that is a disgusting? disgrace. How can you watch Sister Act 2 and, not, and give that a 7% rating? Why are you blaming me for this? Because you are a man. This is the pay gap. 43% Bad Boys. <laughs> Sister Act 2, 7%. It's absolutely ridiculous. Police and thieves in the Rebecca. Yes. The end of another episode. What a whirlwind of emotion. It has been, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, what have we got 
coming up? Oh, what have we what got coming have up? We well, there's here. not going to be a new podcast next weekend Ever. because next weekend I will be watching um, the Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda Netflix series, Frankie and Johnny, oh, whatever it's, it's called, Grace and Frankie. Yeah, oh, okay. Netflix comes out all at once, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. So there's not a new podcast next weekend, but but <gasps> in less than a month, Rebecca Shaw, you and I will be flying down to Melbourne. Yes. We've already discussed you're going to sit on my lap. Yes. Because you're afraid of flying. You're scared of flying. Yes. And so you're going to sit on daddy's knee. Yes. And he's going to stroke your knee. <laughs> and um, get, Let's get really drunk. What time is our can't flight? Get, it's 10 like o'clock. A, yeah, it's 10 o'clock in the fucking <laughs> morning. And it's, I don't know, do they even serve drinks Probably that early? Four, I don't know. And we're going to be staying in the same room, sexual tension. Where the Taylor only Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> unattractive people staying in rooms together. <laughs> um, um, I'm just kidding. I'm very attractive. Uh, so <laughs> You haven't got to the fucking thing yet. Oh, sorry. So we're going down to Melbourne together. Yes. We're staying in a it's hotel. Our first trip away. Together as a couple. Yes. It's our first outing as a couple. Yes. And it's for Emerging Riders Festival 2015. On the Sunday, and I think, don't quote me on this, like three o'clock or something, we're doing a panel about podcasting. Yep. At a writer's conference. Yep. <laughs> With Ben McKenzie. I know a lot about it. Ben McKenzie. At Lab Coat Man. Yep. He's a very nice person. Um, good at talking. Yeah, like, so we won't have to us. say anything. <laughs> yes. It'll be good. And then on the Monday, Prime time. <laughs> that was not planned. Twelve thirty p.m. The Wheeler Center. Ever heard of it? I have. It's right in the city, so city easy center to, get to Federation Square. That's not true. It's no, somewhere near Federation. Near Federation Square. You can walk there. Get a tram up the road. Get a tram. Hop on the tram. Twelve thirty. Take the day off from work. It's a Monday. <laughs> Monday, June first. Live. Bring a plate. Not even a joke. No. A real thing. And we really happening. need you to come. <laughs> I don't know what the capacity of the room is. Hopefully seven people. Yeah, seven people. <laughs> it's like a Melbourne Comedy Fest venue. It's seven people. Yes. So, as you know, we talk about books all the time. Yes. <laughs> on this podcast. It's a very literary podcast. Yes. Um, so, we will be discussing a book and we will have a guest, X, bring a plate guest. Yes. Brody Lancaster. Love Brody. Yes, who will come on and talk about all sorts of fun things. It should be fun. If you It should be. <laughs> if you come, uh who knows? <laughs> Great tagline. <laughs> That'll get the punches there. If you come, if who you come, knows? Who knows question mark. <laughs> yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> Please come. <laughs> Um, no. It's not ticketed. You don't need a ticket. You just rock up at 12.30, June 1st, Wheeler Centre, Melbourne. Um, you can meet us. Like, what else? You can bring some? me a present, if you like. Yes. You can bring a plate. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, of drugs. Don't say that. No, they're not going to let us do it. No, they're not going to let us do it. You can't put a call out for people to bring marijuana to the Wheeler Centre. No, don't bring it. Just hide it in your pocket until afterwards. And yeah. then <laughs> no, don't. So we can't. You can't. No, that's say. illegal. Do that's not illegal. do that. That's illegal. Don't do that. Do it. 
Um, don't do it. Don't um, do do it. Don't do, don't don't do <laughs> don't, it. Don't do it. Do do not don't do it. Yeah. I've started doing some writing for the SBS Backburner. Yes. So that'll be very funny every so often. So keep an eye out for those. Um, and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Brocklesnitch. I'm at the real Stacy Dash. <laughs> Please review. It. Leave a review on iTunes. Hashtag Dash Class. If you're going to talk about the podcast, please use the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Dash Class. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything. And follow at Bring a Plate Pod. Oh, yeah, at Bring a Plate Pod. And have a good Logies, Carrie Bickmore. She's been very, very silent this whole time. And take a little time to enjoy the view. <laughs> 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 <laughs>